This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller is producing the program for us. Glad he's with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. The top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's going to be in and out all day. He's got to go down to Grizzlies practice to Hopefully converse with John Morant at Alia. But he's on Twitter, at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. We pulled out the at Alia. I'm a five-year Latin guy. Wow. Wow. Big-time big nerd. This is this must be a big show today. Mm-hmm. Um, man, kind of a bummer of a weekend. No football. Tigers lose in pretty heartbreaking fashion. Grizzlies lose in pretty heartbreaking fashion. And, oh, by the way, make you know, sort of make the headlines in the in a bad way again? I would say the, the big question for me is the Grizzlies' loss ranks where on the Grizzlies' weekend? I mean, it almost felt like an afterthought given the report on John Morant beforehand, but it really wasn't. Um, losing for the eighth time in nine games was, I mean, it's, this is a thing now. You know, there's no getting around it, and... uh Man, it's just weird to come out of a, you know, it could have been a great weekend, you know? John Jaron make the all-star. That's why you never get your hopes up. All-star game. Lorenzen Wright's jersey retired to the rafters. Tigers payback opportunity against Tulane. They'd been on a roll, winning five in a row. Seemed like they were finally finding their groove again. But then, uh... (laughs) Life's got a funny way of throwing you curveballs sometimes, even when you're a professional athlete, it appears. Yeah, and I guess maybe that'll be the big theme for the day. Did they do it to themselves? Maybe that's just like a question we can just keep asking. Like, whoever the story is about, did they do it to themselves? Like, was did the Tigers do it to themselves? Did the Grizzlies do it to themselves? Did John Morant and team mm. Set themselves up for what they've gone through. Mm-hmm. I think that's 
I think that's the big question for today. Yeah. No, it's uh, the existential question of the day. Why are we here? Yeah. <laughs> um, but we've got a lot to get to. It seems ripe for overreaction, that that question, and it's overreaction Monday. Um, so we're going to overreact to the Grizzlies, the Tigers. Jason Munns is going to join us at 240 or so. Uh, Tiger basketball beat writer. We, me and him were featured very prominently on the broadcast of the Tiger Tulane game. Every time they did a review, boom, you saw us. Uh, would you like a free tip from Aaliyah? Oh, what's that? Uh, if he would just get the hairspray on top, his hair would be fine. Who? My wife was just saying if you would just do oh. like the because you got caught like ducking your head a couple of times. Mm, gotcha. But she thinks you need to do like the. I need the to late, put some product the, in there. No, no, like the late night, t- you know, like the TV guys. That the mm-hmm. LeBron just spray paint that bad boy in the back. Oh, I see. There's like instant, I'm not doing that. There's like instant hair. She said it would have been fine. Okay. Well, whatever. Now, I, I'm thinking next time I need to like have a sign like this review brought to you by the Commercial Appeal. Like yeah. To put it up. Just put it up when. Uh... There were a lot of reviews. <laughs> a lot <laughs> there were, of reviews. There were like four in like 10 minutes. And I, well, then what I started to do by the second or third one is I was just trying to make Munns laugh and look like an idiot on TV. Like I was just, I was like, be, I went like reverted back to high school. I was like, you know, hey Munns. Um <laughs> I'm <laughs> just trying to make him laugh. Yeah. Make a rip. <laughs> um, but you know what always gets a good laugh? Just start, like, on his notebook. Just draw a nice big, just a big schlong right there. <laughs> oh, God. Um, well, we didn't We didn't go to that level. There are people mm-hmm. there. The crowd is behind us at FedEx Forum. Uh-huh. That would be uh, that would be a little inappropriate. But Munz will join us here later this hour, 3 o'clock or so. Uh, hopefully by then I'll uh, I'll have a practice report update of some kind. We'll get into the list. We'll talk more Grizzlies. We'll we'll see what Taylor Jenkins has to say. Uh, he's definitely going to talk after practice. I'm sure some players will. I'm not. You know, we'll see with John Morant whether he speaks for the first time since probably the news of the weekend. It dropped like what, like an hour and a half before the Grizzlies tipped off against the Raptors. This report from the Athletic about that Pacers game January 29th, so a week, you know, eight days ago. Um, their first home game back from the road trip. Um, and um, apparently, unbeknownst to me, I was at FedEx Forum for this game. Unbeknownst to me, after the game, you'll recall during it, Devontae Pack, John Morant's friend, had to be removed from his courtside seats for yelling at the Pacers. Actually came onto the court and yelled at the Pacers when Ja got into it with Andrew Nemhard, which apparently was the result of Andrew Nemhard and team rant kind of going back and forth uh, courtside. Um, well, turns out after that game, this we know, or at least this the NBA will is has confirmed, if you will, or the, the NBA investigation concluded. There was a confrontation in the loading dock area where the opposing, the visiting team buses wait for the team and where the Grizzlies players' cars are parked. And there was a confrontation between Ja, Ja's friends. I would say friends. We don't know exactly who friends associates. Certainly, some of some friends. I would just say this: Team Morant, not T. Yeah, T. Team the pe- the T pe- seems probably likely to be in there, but Team Morant is what I would refer to it as. Yeah, I mean, and certainly Pack. Pat, he's the one name that is you know been confirmed that was part, but they were apparently gotten a confrontation with some of the Pacers players or the Pacers traveling party, I guess is how it was phrased in the athletic story. Now the athletic story goes on to say 
that these Pacers, the Pacers traveling party, felt once Ja and his team, if you will, got into their cars, that the car Ja Morant went in had a some sort of laser pointing at members of the Grizzlies or members of the Pacers traveling party. And the Pacers said they thought, or some of the Pacers said they thought it was a gun. Now, the NBA did not, the conclusion, the the NBA said in its investigation it could not corroborate that part of it. So, but all we're going on right now, to me, is there was a confrontation in the loading dock area. Do I believe the Pacers made up their story? No, I do not believe they made up their story. Do I believe John Morant and his friends had a gun in their car and were uh, pointing it at the Pacers? No, I do not believe they were doing that. Um, that's kind of where I'm at on this. So, in terms of what what happened, there was a there was some sort of yelling, confrontation, whatever you want to call it, in the parking in the loading dock area. And I have a column up at commercialpill.com, and I don't even think it's an overreaction. Some people have pushed back on it. But I think a lot of people, the sense I'm getting is a lot of people, if they were the columnists, they would have written it even earlier than I did. That's that's a lot of the, you know, like they've been thinking this. I don't think you can judge whether or not you get pushback. Like literally, we have reached a day and age where if you say the sky's blue... Someone well, else in a is column, like, you're supposed to hear from both. Like, it's not a good column not, if you don't hear from people who disagree is, with you, take, you. If you take a stand today, there's always going to be someone's like, you're wrong. Like, it's just the but, day and age. But I basically said it's time to grow up. Like, this this whole episode is just kind of like we've – I I'm part of the problem, if you will. Like, I've kind of ignored a lot of the stuff. I, I'm going to push back on this. I think this is the new blowhard thing to do. Yeah. To like be wishy washy and be like, you know what? Hand up. I'm part of the problem. No, we're not. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I laughed when John Morant was talking about like I checked his temperature. Okay, you but you did not know what was No, you, I didn't know what was gonna happen like, next, which was his Like at a certain point, if this does not happen, how are you guilty? How are you culpable? Like this mm-hmm. is my whole thing. It's like we we're doing this whole like tap dance to try and yeah. To try and somehow divert any blame from Ja and the camp. Yeah. No, it's it's a like this whole thing is a bad look for Ja Morant and he can push back all he wants, but if you really look at the scope of this season, like all like it just seems like he is involved in with a lot of the distractions for this season. Whether it's the fine in the West comments, whether it's this lawsuit we heard about, it's now this, and, like, he just needs to, you know, like, I, I know some people, you know, feel like, like, I've gotten a lot of responses, Jeffrey, or several responses, I should say, from people like, this is this yeah, this is the first step to him leaving Memphis when the local media turns on him, and, and I just look at it as, like, no, like, I, li- I really like Ja, Ja, I want this whole thing to work exactly as it looked like it was going to work not that long ago. And still might work. I mean, that's just but like such, I, you know. I'm just gonna on, call him on. on his crap. Hold on, that's such loser talk. Yeah. Number one, by the way, if you go to a bigger market, they would have pointed it out earlier. Correct. And by the way, he has to sign here to get the money. I just think I just think he needs you know like there's just some very obvious things that are problems 
that he needs to realize are problems. And I just didn't get the sense yesterday, for instance, when he fires off a tweet five minutes before the game starts playing victim that he really gets what's going on here. Like he's like saying like they're going, he's basically saying they're going after me and they're going after my friend and we're the most hated team in the league. It's like, no, Nike wants you to be the face of their shoe line. The NBA wants you to be the face of the league. The Grizzlies want you to lead them to a championship that like before you got here seemed like really almost impossible. Now it seems possible because you're here and it's like, no, they're doing this for your own good because you're like you've got this stuff around you that is a, clearly a problem, and you don't see it's a problem yet. And it's just time to grow up. You're 23. This is we all reach this stage in our life after college, or like when we're in our mid 20s. You you know you've been you know you go out whatever. But like once you reach a certain age, a certain point in your life, people just expect you to act like a grown up all the time, and like. The behavior of your friends, like, that's not how grown-ups act, okay? And unfortunately for you, you are also judged by who you, sur- sur- you know, surround yourself by. And this was not a good look. And it hasn't been, like, there's been several incidents now on the court, off the court, for this team and for him that have just not been good looks. And it's, like, time to stop overlooking them so, like, they can get back on track. Yeah, I guess that's my overreaction. Leadership is more than being the best player on your team. And when you look at this team, I do think when you consider, okay, Kyle Anderson maybe was not a superstar or whatnot, but Kyle Anderson, we remember we talked about this last year. There were multiple times where, like, Kyle Anderson could get in the face of the young guys. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it was certainly the the COVID year. It felt like he was like a but just in very general, much a, a leader of that. team. What I see as a big problem with this team is I do not see a ton of leadership, and I actually think it's entirely possible that this is another part of the whole process because feels like it's pretty rare to have. You know, third year, what, 23-year-old? Like, be... Fourth year. Fourth year, 23 year Like, even, like, take, for instance, guys that, like, it happened really quickly with, like, Burrow. Well, Burrow's nearly 26. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's just older. Like, he, he, was, he was a professional when he was at LSU and whatnot. And I just think that when you, when you consider... When you consider the problems that this team's having right now, one of the biggest problems that I see is I see a lack of leadership to kind of get him out of this tailspin. And I think when you decide everybody's picking on me, I don't really think that's leadership. Mm-hmm. No, I think I, – I see, I'm not right. – I actually think – I think you're right that this year he's there, left a lot to be desired probably in that department. Just even with like – like frankly, like what he said over – Christmas or right before Christmas, like that's not good. Like I said it in the moment. I said, like, what are you doing here? Um, no, I, I've been very clear on this. He has written checks with his mouth this year that the team can't cash. That's fair, and I. But I think in general, I actually think Ja has exhibited like high potential to be a good leader in the past. I agree, but he's not there yet. Yes, no, I agree. Um, but I'm not ready to like declare. You know, like I think. I think he's just going. This is a phase that he's going through, 
And I think three, four years from now, he's going to look back and go, man, I wish I had known what I know now about how I need to, you know, who I need to surround myself with, you know, or how I need to, like, I, I don't even want to be the person who tells him, like, these friends from home who you want to bring along for the ride shouldn't be here. Like, just get them in line. Like, tell them they can't, you know, like, you know what I mean? Though, like, get them in line. Here's what I'm, I've been blown away by. I'm not saying you got to cut them out. You got to, whatever, abandon mm. them, whatever, yeah. what, what not. But here's one thing you do have to do. They can't sit courtside. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, at this point, they've proven. Well, some of them aren't for, for, for the time Some will banned. not be for a year. <laughs> they've been banned. But we don't know anything about the road. <laughs> That's true. That'll be it. Uh, but uh. the problem that I see has nothing to do with them coming along for the ride. It's the fact that they feel like they're part of the, like, they're the NBA guys. Yeah. Like, in the end, like, I was That's trying- what this whole episode was caused by. Correct. Was his friend, like, hey, feeling the, like he hey, can T, just go yell I at a- I was involved, too. <laughs> that they felt like they can just yell Correct. at the Pacers. And- you know, technically they were tick- court. We say about it. You know, if you uh, you buy the tickets courtside, like you have a right to a certain. You know, there's a threshold. It's not defined, but you know, a line, if you will, that you're not supposed to cross. But, uh, but you're allowed to heckle when you sit courtside. Yeah, let me get. Uh, but this is the point that I'm trying to make. Can you think of any? I'll I'll even let you go multi-sport. Mm-hmm. Can you think of anyone else that's a star? Where the entourage or the team sits courtside and like tries to like talk s. I'm sure there is. It's just we don't know. Like you're not. It's like a, almost like a referee. Like you should or an, or an offensive lineman. You shouldn't be noticing them. You know what I mean? Like that's really what it is. I don't but like. Even it's think not. About, I'm think, sure. Think about players have had their people okay, sit courtside. Think about, think about last year in the playoffs where it was a story that T and. Uh, Cat's dad. Mm-hmm. We're like part of it. The fact that like that's a story and that's irregular, that tells you it doesn't happen frequently. No, and I mean I can tell you like some of Josh's friends were sitting courtside in Minnesota, right in front of where I was sitting in the media seating. Like, you know, they were getting into it with Timberwolves fans. I mean, nothing I think at like times security was a little worried about them, to be quite honest. But there wasn't but an there incident. wasn't like an incident and like ultimately nothing, you know, nothing came of it. Um, but and that's fine. But like you know, like I mean, the other that night, that game against the Pacers. I mean, Devontae Pack was like two, three steps onto the floor, yelling at a Pacers player. Like you can't do that. Yeah, I mean the the problem that I see is it's not necessarily that you have your friends or you're bringing your friends along. It's that your friends think they're in the NBA too. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, this is I think this is a you know a critical moment for Ja just and like oh, you know like he doesn't have to get it right now i wish he i hope he does but i don't know if that's going to actually happen but i do think three i think eventually he will you know get this under control if you will um but it does like i just not going to ignore that it's like a pro, it's a problem it like what 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 this represented like this episode, like you can, you can. Uh, and there's gonna, there's people who are minimizing it, who feel like, like Ja wasn't directly involved. It's just being exacerbated because they talk a lot on the court, and that fits into that narrative. And they've lost eight of nine, and it fits into that narrative. But like, I, I just, you know, I kind of push back on that. It feels like to me, the whole thing is just screaming, like, okay, guys, like. You say you want to be this, but to be this, you have to act a certain way. Like, you have to conduct yourself in a certain way, whether it's 
as a person, like if you want to be a superstar, be the, you know, make hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe be a billionaire one day, you know, be the face of these brands, you got to act a certain way. You just do. You can't have, like, you don't see, Le- this stuff doesn't happen with, Le- with LeBron, with Michael Jordan, with, you know, even like Kevin Durant. You don't hear about their friends like this. No, I mean, I mean like LeBron, LeBron is the, probably the closest example. Like, I remember back when he was in Cleveland at first, like, there were issues with, like, his his friends being around a lot, I recall. Yeah. You know, but never, like, never, like, I, I don't remember any confrontations necessarily. I don't know. I just At least with, none that were reported. I know with LeBron that he took a but guy. But now his friends are, like, you know. He took a guy that <laughs> Running was, the NBA and running a production company. He, he took a guy that was selling jerseys out of the trunk of his car, and I saw him last night in a tuxedo sitting next to Adele at the Grammys. That's what LeBron— <laughs> And oh, by the way, he like kind of runs—he's you know, runs, like one of the—maybe the biggest age, certainly the most well-known agent in the NBA right now. Might be the most powerful. I think it's possible that he's the most powerful. There's yeah. the, the the NCAA had to say you, you don't need a college degree to be an agent anymore. There's the Rich Paul rule. Yeah. Like— I don't know. I guess to me, what this year has kind of displayed is that, and this was kind of a theme coming into the year that we talked about. What was it going to be like when all of a sudden they're getting hunted? Yeah. And I think what we've seen this year is the Grizzlies have proven to be outstanding front runners. Mm. But they've not shown when it, when they come to adversity that they've handled it well. Because so far... Like, even if you take, like, the timeline back to last week, it's during the middle of the skid, and all of a sudden they're just lashing out. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a weird time. And then you've got the trade deadline. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of drama swirling around this team. You've got the trade deadline. You just lost for the eighth time in nine games, blowing a fourth-quarter lead again, not executing down the stretch it's again. Just the same script. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it. Like, of the eight losses... I think like four. Four, it felt like the exact same thing. Like four you just have involved them just blowing the in. game. Yeah. yeah, just well, and like like the exact the the game played out the same way. And what's remarkable is they were like very good at this for most of the year so far, and then boom! Right now, when they've hit this you know adverse adverse stretch, it's just you know, and it yes, it's coincided with Stephen Adams being out, but they were losing before Stephen Adams was out too. Like the the streak, the skid started before then. I, I do think he his absence. You realize how much he was covering up, especially this season. It's been twofold. Number one, you realize, holy hell, is he like the best rebounder in the NBA? You know what I mean? Like you, you start to think about it, it's like, wait a minute, is he like that good? You also realize it's very hard for them to get going downhill without him setting screens and just yeah. taking out two or three guys. No, it's why I think like for I think you know it's weird to me. I was like, look, I'm I've been watching the last four games like. Tara Jenkins has played like Xavier Tillman way more than Brandon Clark. And I think it's because, like, Tillman is the clo- – like, he can't set screens like Steven Adams, but he's, like, the closest to setting screens like Steven Adams they got right now because Jaron's not good at setting screens. Clark is, like, a good screen setter, but, like, in that slip-to-the-basket-basket-alley-oop fashion. You know, like, he doesn't – like, he's not usually, like, setting a screen and, like, 
you know, kind of moving along with jaw like Stephen Adams does. I almost does. think about like with Brandon Clark, it's almost like faking a screen and then rolling. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like and then like and coming so up, like yeah. Tillman's not great at it either, but he's better than those. You know, he's better than them. No, but than that than I, him. I, I've been squatting, but like the, that's the reality. We've gone back to a place. I've been, I've been squatting on this take. You're you ready for Tillman's gone from out of the rotation to like playing thirty minutes a game again. Tillman is a. Tillman for this coaching staff, or maybe for Taylor in particular, seems to be like a drug that he has a problem with. He's playing like, all right. He's yeah, playing all right but right now. It's like one of those things where it's like he'll give it up for like six months, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's at a party, and he's like, I got to go for it again. <laughs> like, I, I got I got Give me some of that yeah, X. Exactly. Give me some of that like, X. It, and it's never like – it never becomes a situation where like you have to host an intervention, but it's just like – yeah, what are you going to do, man? Like, yeah. he just has these stretches where he just really needs some X. <laughs> like, needs it in his life. Like, it's just, he goes headstrong into it. Oh. <laughs> because uh, it's not it's not like he goes from, you know, 10th guy into starter. <laughs> it's he goes from, are they cutting him? At least like, this time he could probably yeah. tell his friends, like, there was a good reason. Yeah, no, no, Steve-O got hurt. Got you know, like, guys. Steve-O got hurt. It I mean, what would you expect? It helps with the blood pressure. That's all I could do. It's a blood pressure medicine. <laughs> That's you know? all I it, could it, do. It, yeah. I had no other choice. Yeah. Uh, you understand. Like, it helps my mentals. Like, and this time it's like you don't even, you don't ever, you never really, like, straight up just want to call him out and be like, this is a problem. But it's just like, is this really your answer? Do you think there's, I, I'm curious, do you think Jenkins how much blame does he deserve on this? Like, so if we play the – not blame, no, but, no, like, I, if we what's his role chart? in all of this? Like, he's the coach, and if – you know, they play the Bulls tomorrow, last game before the trade deadline. If they lose that, they will have lost 9 of 10. The only other time they've done that under Taylor Jenkins was the very beginning of yeah. his first year. This is when – When no one, no one was expecting anything that season of, of Jaws' rookie year. Weren't they still playing Marco at that point? Yes. Yeah. That was you – know, Marco Guterich was playing for the Grizzlies at that point. So – I was thinking about this because, in general, I think with NBA coaches, I think the roster pretty much dictates a lot. Mm-hmm. But to sit there and go, you've just lost four of eight in a pretty much the exact same fashion. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Like, I think that's a fair question. Yeah. But no, and, and the thing is, though, I don't know what to determine because think about it this way. Have there been any real decisions that you're like, what is he doing? Well, you can go with, like, the Tillman-Clark. He's been playing Tillman over Clark a lot. It's not like Clark didn't get a chance. Yeah, I mean, Clark played 16 minutes last night and only had two fouls. I I would have liked to have seen him more. But I will say this. Like, they were bad rebounding the ball with Tillman in the game, and they were awful rebounding the ball (laughs) when Tillman was out of the game. like, I think about, like, last night. Take the the end-of-the-game situation. Mm -hmm. Do you have any problem with the two shots Desmond got? No. Yeah, I mean, he missed two bunnies. I mean— you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I will say the last shot was a curious play call. Like how that ended sure. up, you know, with yeah. Jared taking a contested three at the top of the key. It did go halfway down. You know, and at the same time, you know, like, you know, that end game sequence, Scotty Barnes one-on-one with Jaron Jackson Jr., you you want that all day long. Like in terms of Jaron on defense, Scotty Barnes on offense, like you'll take that. I don't want to make it seem like. Cause and I can, Scotty Barnes just made a great play. I realize the way the conversation's going I don't want it to say, like, oh, I think he deserves nothing. Because in mm-hmm. the end, he's the head coach. Mm-hmm. But what I'm admitting is I've really struggled. Because when you sit there and you see a team do this, well, he said coaching he, has to be a part of it. Well, and he said the other night, he said, teams are playing us differently in crunch time right now. And this is, like, even—this no, is you, with this Ja. Is like, yeah, yeah. 
this is with Ja. Like last night, they didn't have Ja. I think you can. This was the uh, and, this was the power the power outlets. We don't have any outlets anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. Well, that was no. There's two separate conversations. He had one time he said we don't you know we don't have enough out we don't have outlets right now for Ja and Tyus. Then we we moved on to you know at the end of uh, I forget which game it was the other night that I'm blanking on that they lost down the stretch. Um, they all run together now. Uh, but he said basically teams are playing us differently in these down was, the stretch uh, moments. It, what was before Cleveland? It was the two, it was the home game. Yeah. Um, it was the home game before the back to back. It was the home game of the back. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. That's what it was. Oh gosh, it's crazy that I can't. It's even the Wednesday this. night. It was game. less than a week ago. Um, it was so, oh Portland. 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 Yeah, it was Portland. the Portland game that they blew down the stretch. Um, well, that's kind of another bad sign. I don't know. They all kind of run together. You know what I mean? You yeah. See like the, yeah. No, like, exactly right. Earlier but, in the season, we were able to, to but pinpoint I, losses. But I, took, but I took note of both those things, and I think, you know, like right now they're practicing today. I don't think they were going to – if they had not lost eight of nine, I don't think they'd be practicing today. They practiced on Saturday. No. And they're practicing today because they've this, lost eight of nine, and they're trying to figure out what the hell they what the hell they need to do here. And that's that to me is where – like. You can make the judgment on on Taylor Jenkins now. To me, the judgment comes on, okay, they've got like 29 games left. What do these 29 games look like? Are they just going to limp into the playoffs? Like, I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. But, like, is this the the team we've seen? They're not the team that's lost eight of nine, but they also might not be the team that won 11 straight. Yeah, but there's there's a bigger philosophical question. We talked about it when they won 11 straight. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it counts. Mm Mm-hmm. We're not. They're playing. But they're, if we, you really want to go back, this all is connected to like right before Christmas. That's when it really stuff started happening, if you will. I guess where I'm struggling when it comes to Taylor Jenkins, I can't pinpoint something specifically. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like your team's not playing well. Yeah, Why I do wonder. That? I do wonder. I mean, like they just need to get to the All Star break and like reset. Well, that's kind of the bigger question though that I have is. But that's, How much that's this, a couple weeks away. Because on the one hand, this is a terrible stretch of basketball. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how you can describe this as yeah. anything else. But they're not really giving up that much ground. No. They're not gaining ground on Denver. They've got. They've still got time to figure it out. Like, there's I mean, no doubt about Jaws still got time to figure out to get his, you know, get that stuff off the court in order. This team has time to get its stuff on the court in order. Now, it'll be interesting. I thought... The uh, I thought the the news today that Zaire Williams is being sent down to the M- Memphis Hustle. Well, that was going to be the last thing I wanted to get into. I thought that was a very interesting uh, piece of news because that would suggest that like you know he's not in the rotation right now. So there's a couple of thoughts. Like I was because thinking- they're practicing day. He's not getting sent down just to practice. I don't think. Well, I'll add, you know I'm sure Taylor Jenkins will be asked about it here after the practice. But I mean, to me, it's only one of two scenarios. It's a motivational tactic, mm-hmm. and because you, you know, we talked about it earlier this year where he kind of got passed by Roddy, yeah, and then all of a sudden, like he came back and had a. Like, well, a, it looks like he's getting passed by Roddy again because Roddy didn't get sent down to the hustle today. It was him correct. and Laravia. So it's either to me, it's <laughs> either Kennedy Chandler. It's one of two things. It's either it is what it is. It's the hey, sometimes a chair is a chair. It's not mm-hmm. a metaphor, and it's. You got to go get reps or something down there. So, like, well, he, he's playing with no confidence. He, like, I actually think it's the right move. Like, go down to the hustle where he can have the ball in his hands all the time. He can play some minutes and get his confidence back. But I also think if you're doing that with a player with less than 30 games to go in the regular season, it tells me 
you're not planning on counting on them in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't – is maybe lost year uh, – is that too much of an overreaction? Is that too much of a knee-jerk? But it feels like we're trending towards a lost year. It does feel that way. and it, But it also, to me, doing this right before the trade deadline, it does make me wonder, okay, if they're now thinking – and we, you know, what a lot of us have probably been thinking for a while, like we can't really count on Zaire in the playoffs. Do they need to go get someone else? Well, so is this a signal that they're going to be active on third? You know, this next these next few days in terms of trying to add someone. I don't. My know, gut tells me yes, but I don't know. You know, who knows? I don't know necessarily this this move. Like when viewed in a vacuum, mm-hmm. like if you're if you're presenting the case, I don't know if this becomes a piece it's of evidence. Of, it's, it's part of the evidence. But I think circumstantial. What, I think what you can say at this point is, I think it's because you asked this question last week, and I wasn't ready to go there. And I think now I I am. If they don't do something, I think you're right. They have to at least explain why they didn't do something. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that it's necessarily the right or the wrong, but you have reached a point where because of the form that you're in, you not you choosing to do nothing is a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, Danny Green is – the shot's looking pretty good. Hey, I was encouraged by that second half. He There was a moment where he he had to guard Fred Van Vliet and, like, stayed in front of him. Now, the was, question, though, is – like because I'm with you. Like, you're like, okay, all right, that's starting to look he's like – He's given me enough – he's yeah. given me some crumbs here in Correct. these first two that, games. You can squint and go, that still looks like Danny Green. <laughs> yeah, You know, but at the same time, it's like, is that a real solution? Like, is that a – no, is that a solution? I, I, doesn't he it, feel like the way I would – my expectations for him were when we get to these big games, he's a guy in a pinch. If things aren't going well, you can turn to – Let me tell you about how it's going right now. <laughs> but that you can turn to and he can make some shot. Like in a playoff game, he can come in and randomly hit, you know, three threes that are like momentum changing. Like that's how I kind of view him. I don't view him as a regular member of the rotation necessarily – Certainly in the playoffs, as much as just a, hey, Dylan is in a, we need to come back. Dylan's playing like crap, you know. Um, and this, and this was when I was describing, but like Zaire and Conchar, you know, they're not dependable enough. Like we gotta, we gotta try something here. Like at a certain point, I did like try to find, like I was trying to like determine what is the level of concern, the appropriate level of concern. Because on the one hand, when the starters played last night, like, they won. They dominated the game. Mm-hmm. Now, it should also be noted, like, the Raptors are not exactly a measuring stick. Yeah. But at the same time, they were handling them. Mm-hmm. But you saw it in the second quarter. You saw it in the fourth quarter when these when the starters went out to try and, you mm-hmm. know, save. Like, they're getting killed with the second, u- yep. the second unit. And so, like, there is a— Well, and part of that was, Ja was, you know, you're missing three starters. Correct. And so like you're, you're— It's not just that you're going to your second group. You're going into, like— 10, 11, Save 12. Your, you're, you're, you're taking X for 30 minutes. Correct. <laughs> and there's no rave. Uh, there's no rave. Well, hopefully they'll, uh, they got, they can, maybe they can figure it out tomorrow ahead of the trade deadline. Dylan will be back. Maybe Ja will be back. I don't know. Now, Saturday at FedEx. won't be. Yeah. <laughs> Tell game. Saturday at FedEx Forum, uh, the Tigers played Tulane, lost in overtime. Real heartbreaker. Um, Jason Munns was there with me. I'm going to head off to Grizzlies practice, but you're going to talk to Jason Munns. He's the Tiger basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, and he's going to join us next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jason Munns covers the Tiger basketball program for the Commercial Appeal. Joins us each and every Monday on the program. He's on Twitter at Munsley. Munns, what are we listening to? Lincoln Park, Jeffrey. And, And the occasion... Well, uh, various things. I uh, it's the twentieth anniversary in in March. It'll, I believe it'll be the twentieth anniversary of the release of their fine second album, Meteora, which that song there uh, is is off of, and that song is called Faint, which is what feels like uh, Memphis's NCAA tournament hopes are now after uh, after losing the other day. So I guess like let's. Let's try to put the game in context first. So when you think about what the result mattered, what's the appropriate way you think to contextualize it? Well, I think I think it 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 just it stings for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, first of all, it is Tulane and it is now a season sweep. Um and I know that sticks in a lot of Memphis fans' craw, you know, like we're, that ain't that ain't supposed to happen, type of thing. And I know that's like sort of an extra an extra thing for the fans and 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 other people. But um, I, I think it's a bad matchup. I think this season it's a it's a bad matchup for Memphis. The same way last season was a bad Memphis was a bad matchup for Houston. Um, and it, it that's kind of that's kind of how I look at it. Um, and then and then you know the other obviously the other obvious things. It's a, it's a quad three loss, and it was at home, uh, which obviously makes it a quad three loss. But um, I just I just think that you know losing that game means that or at least I know this is how the this is how Penny views it and how he is trying to make the team view it um is that now more than ever 
you you have to go on a run, like a strong, you know, one of those patented strong late season runs, or you got to win the tournament to get to the NCAA to get to the uh, to get to March Madness. Other, otherwise, you know, short of that, um, short of those two things, you're going to be in on the outside looking in more than likely. I guess where I struggle with it is, okay, one thing that I think is obviously clear now, you're going to have to finish ahead of Tulane. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you tie with Tulane, they get they get the tiebreaker. I still feel pretty confident, though, if the Tigers can finish second in the league, they're still going to be fine. I guess the question is, how much impact did last night have on that result? Or, I'm yeah, sorry, Saturday, think, Saturday afternoon, I should say. I beg your pardon. Yeah, two days ago. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you on both counts. And what's crazy to me is that uh, like they they are behind Tulane right now in the standings. They're behind Tulane, Temple, and Houston in the in the standings. If if Cincinnati goes into New Orleans tomorrow and beats Tulane, then Memphis is going to be right back in third place. Um, like they still can, they still can. Like it's still well within their power to uh, to, to you know like the, to, to determine their seating. For the uh, for the AAC tournament, um, but but yes, like if if because again, they are seventeen and six, and there are eight games left. Um, let's just say, for the sake of argument, that they lose both games to Houston, and that means they are twenty three and eight, and that feels like most years that feels like it's good enough. You know, and you're probably in under those circumstances. You're probably second, I would think, because that means you've beaten Temple again. Um, that means you've beaten Cincinnati again. That feels like it's. I, I cannot imagine Tulane is going to go undefeated the rest of the way. Um, and so, yeah, like that feels like it would be enough, depending. You know, especially considering you can also, you know, you can potentially even get to 25 wins if you make it to the conference championship game um in in fort worth and and i I just i i would it it would feel uh it would feel very very likely that um that they can still get there without beating houston um at least once yeah and i mean i guess no two years are the same but Mm -hmm. honestly like i would feel pretty comfortable with that resume yeah, maybe you don't have the top end line that that maybe the Tigers had last year with that Houston road win, but I mean none of these landmines that are on the Tigers' resume right now are any anywhere near the landmines from last year, and I still think there's a decent chance that if Tulane keeps playing well, you could see that. Like, you know what I mean? You could see that. What it needs to move up? What fifteen spots, sixteen spots in the net? Yeah. Yeah, and time's running out. Like that, that's my biggest concern. I, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's kind of my biggest concern right now. Is like, yeah, they're, they're you know, all, you feel good about Auburn staying a quad one win. Even Cincinnati is now a quad one win, and um, but, but barely. But yeah, yeah still, okay. like it is, and it could. They could even, you know, that could stay a quad one win. Texas A&M is charging up the net rankings, and they're not that far off. They're they're closer to becoming to that becoming a quad one win. Then the two-lane loss becoming a quad two loss. I just think that there's not an. I think. Let me look. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I don't. I don't think two-lane plays Houston again. Like, um, 
So, like, I think they're running out of opportunities to take a big step forward, Tulane, that is. Um, and that's really, if that stays a quad three, you know, a quad three loss, then that's a quad three loss on your resume. Um, so here's, but, you ready for the yeah, remaining schedule? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Cincy at home that you mentioned on Tuesday. Saturday at home against East Carolina. Mm-hmm. They have their week off, you know, like whatever, their their midweek bye, if no you will. Midweek. You know, yeah. No game in the midweek. And then so then their next game would be uh, the 18th, USF in Tampa. They do have a Houston game on the road. Oh, okay. On okay. Wednesday. Okay, so that's being corrected. And then they have Wichita State, East Carolina Temple. So – I don't know. Maybe maybe can they move up 15 without beating Houston? Probably not. No, no. But, like, they might beat Houston. <laughs> like, they, they did lose by 20 to Houston at home, but uh, Houston is gettable. So, so, I mean, you know, listen, um, if Tulane is able to, to do that and Memphis goes into the conference tournament with no quad three, quad four losses, then, then yeah, you do – um, you do, even if you don't beat Houston either time, you do, I, I, I would like, I would feel good about Memphis's chances, but they just can't lose to anybody else but Houston. I mean, that's really, uh, you know, like that was, that was sort of their, their, their get out of jail free card got used up on, on Saturday. Uh, in my opinion, I, I just don't see, I don't see them uh, stomaching a loss at Wichita State and still being able to get in without beating Houston at least once. I think I agree with you where I struggle. I watched a ton of college basketball this weekend because I was so bored out of my mind. All right. I got to tell you, man, the, the, I know it's a, it's, a, it's a tradition every single year to say the bubble's never been softer. Here's the All one right. thing that I do like about Memphis compared to the rest of the bubble. I don't think Memphis has the dramatic swings that some of these other bubble teams have. Like I watched Penn yeah. State last night and Penn State goes right. to Nebraska and I understand Nebraska like had the offensive performance of a lifetime last night given like what they've been metrically. But like I don't know, like I just didn't feel like the Tulane game was in that kind of vein of loss. I felt like I felt much like you did. Tulane presents a bad matchup for the Tigers especially without Lomax. See, that is the other thing. There are these extenuating, extenuating circumstances. If, if, and I would love to, like, let's say Memphis uh, does not beat Houston either in the regular season or the conference tournament, but they win everything else, um, and that and that Tulane loss stays a quad three loss. Like, let's say all that happens. All right. I would love to be a fly on the wall in the in the on Selection Sunday and or whenever the committee meets. And like, find out exactly like as they're hammering things out, how deep do they go? Do do they? How much consideration do they give to how long Memphis has played without Malcolm Dandridge and how long they played without Alex Lomax? And 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 another point, how much are they going to look at the? margin of victory situation or I mean the margin of defeat situation Memphis's average margin of defeat in their six losses is three and a half points they have not lost a game by more than seven points all season and that one was on the road 
the other the the um, the uh, next closest game was a six point loss on the road. Second game of the season at St. Louis. Um, one overtime game, one double overtime game. Like how much of that? How much weight? How much credit is Memphis going to get? for not getting blown out by anybody. I wonder it's going to be, it, it, it would be like, that would be fascinating to, to see how much that counts um, when it all, when it all is said and done. See, I, I'm with you. It's why though, I think kind of the selection process gets maybe overcomplicated. Yes. These are factors that they discuss, but do people realize this? It really starts with just writing names of schools on a ballot. It's yeah. why, in the end, when people are like, why are you hammering the, the finished second in the league? I just think it's very obvious that this team, the league is going to get at least two teams. I think if you right. get to second, you kind of, like, I think, yes, there's a number component to it, but there's a bigger human element to it than that, than the numbers component. Yeah, sure. And, but, I mean, I, I wonder this. Um, let's say Memphis does finish second and, you know, they're in a good position, like all things being equal, they're yeah. in the tournament. Uh, Houston's in the tournament. What if uh, Tulane wins the tournament, the the AAC tournament? Um, does that bump? You know what I mean? Is that a bit – is that – can can you can you afford that? Can you afford the American getting a third team in, you know, that way? Um, you know, that's something else. Unless you go out and beat Houston, that's something else that you probably have to guard against. Yeah, and I guess that's um, so like to me, like that's the final question. It's like, are we maybe also over dissecting it? Like, is it possible like they're going to need to beat them once? I, I don't think so because honestly. I've I have long held the path. I don't think they have to do it. I, but y- if if the path that I laid out for them is is a legitimate path. I do think Saturday is the ultimate. All right, you've, you've officially got no room for error. Like you have to yeah, win the that, rest of them almost. Yeah, the backs are the backs are definitely against the wall. And again, I know that's how Memphis is looking at. It. I know that's how Penny Hardaway is is viewing this. Um, that that you know that sort of back against the wall mentality. Um, I mean, he he did not make any bones about it. Uh, uh, from my understanding, when he when he you know like walking off the floor, um, you know he he knew in the moment just how badly that one hurt. Um, and and again, it's not going to be that 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 one loss, that one one point loss to uh, let's be honest, uh, like a dangerous two line team is not going to make or break your chances. But it hurt, like it it. It hurt, and the way it happened, 10 missed free throws, 22 turnovers that led to 32 lane points. Jeffrey, they scored 90, a third of those points. 33.3333% of those points came off of Memphis mistakes, turnovers. I mean, like... But isn't that, to me, like, this is why when people want to blame Penny for the end of the game, it's kind of why I'm willing to be like, I don't know, y'all. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. I mean, how many times does Kendrick get up there with three front ends and miss all three? How many times, like you said, David, this is this is the stuff of Tiger basketball three years ago with the turnovers. This has not been this team. Like, I just think that exactly. I think they just really had a bad last ten minutes. 
Yeah, I mean, like it was just it was it was. There, there's not one thing that anybody can point to from Correct. the game. I mean, like anybody who wants to say, "Oh, they missed all their free throws," well, so did Tulane. Tulane yeah. missed free, free throws too. So, like, you you can't just look at this in a vacuum or that in a vacuum. Like, it, it's not. It, it's it's it's. There's a lot of things that contributed. Um, you know, where if it goes different, I mean, like, there's no there's no guarantee that had Penny called the timeout at the end of regulation that they would have uh, made the shot when they got out of the timeout. I mean, like, because you, you calling the timeout, you give Tulane's defense a chance to go down there and get set up. Like Tulane. In, in fact, I would well. even expand on your point. Think about there's been several critical moments this year where they've been out of a timeout and they've not got they've really struggled to get the ball in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, the UCF game. Remember, they had a five second call. Like it, even like even when Temple. It was still more of like a bailout than it was they got a good play. You know what I mean? Like, I, I had no problem. In per, in general, I'm someone that likes to, when you got chaos, I'm someone that likes to just say, run the ball. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. He, he, mm-hmm. And the thing is, okay, maybe you don't want Keontae Kennedy taking a shot with eight seconds left, but can we all at least acknowledge with a guy who was at the time four for six from three, got a wide open look. Yeah, I mean, on the list of things that that you know, on, on the blame scale, like I think that's kind of toward the bottom. Yeah, if not at the bottom, I have more of an issue with the execution uh, out of the timeout in at the end of overtime. Like I ha- that that to me is more uh, of a of a of a to blame than than not calling a timeout or Keontae Kennedy shooting a three with however many seconds it was left in regulation, like. Like, that stuff to me is is so low. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.